Today on Truths That Transform. Today, 4,000 innocent, precious lives of unborn babies were snuffed out, and 300,000 pulpits were silent. We did a a Barna poll. We showed that there were 7 out of 10 in America, 69%, said that if a doctor can detect the heartbeat of an unborn baby, that baby should be legally protected. Welcome to Truths That Transform, a production of D. James Kennedy Ministries. I'm Pastor Rob Pacienza, and I want to invite you to connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. Just search there for D. James Kennedy Ministries. And also visit us on the web at djkm.org for a wealth of programs, interviews, features, and resources. It's the 50th anniversary of Roe v. Wade, in which the Supreme Court invented a right that hadn't existed in the Constitution for the previous 180 years, the right to kill one's baby in the womb. But in June 2022, that all changed, finally, after decades of work. On today's program, we'll examine the duty of Christians to get involved and speak out so that another abomination like this is never foisted upon our nation. And we begin today by introducing you to one of those bold Christians who has spoken out, and put actions behind the words. Janet Porter is, like me, someone who learned under the wing of Dr. D. James Kennedy, and she's been instrumental in passing one of the first heartbeat laws that outlaw abortion at the point when a baby's heartbeat becomes detectable. She recently sat down with me in our studio. Here's a portion of my encouraging conversation with this dynamic pro-life leader. Janet Porter, so good to see you today and so glad to have you back at D. James Kennedy Ministries. Thank you. It's great to be back. It's been a long time. Uh, Janet, you are the founder of Faith to Action Ministry. Tell us a little bit about that ministry and what it does. Sure. Uh, We are turning people of faith into people of action to win the culture war. Now, we spend so much of our time reacting, responding, and defending a shrinking piece of real estate. I want to do things that are proactive, that will actually advance the kingdom of God. And, uh, And that's really what Faith to Action is all about. Yeah. Now, you are the architect of the Heartbeat Bill. Uh, all started all the way back in Ohio. Uh, tell us a little bit about the Heartbeat Bill, its history, what the bill's all about, and its impact on this nation. Sure. That's, uh, that's a big question. Uh, it started 12 years ago. We had just moved from Florida. To, my husband and I moved back to Ohio. And uh, he just, you know, out of the heart, the mouth speaks. And he just said, hey, while we're here, you know, why don't, why don't you end abortion while we're here? Uh, and I looked at my watch, you know, being a great woman of faith, I, you know, I, I, I laughed at him and I said, you know, I'm here anyway, I might as well knock that out, you know, and, um, and two weeks later, God gave me the idea for a heartbeat bill that said, if we can't rescue every child just yet, let's get every child whose heartbeat can be heard. And so we drafted a bill. It basically says, if a heartbeat's detected, the baby's protected. And so we introduced this bill. We had over half the House of Representatives as co-sponsors. That's like to do that, to do the work up front, get all the co-sponsors ready to go. Um, and uh, they, uh, they blocked us, uh, primarily in the Senate. But we started with, with 4,000 red heart balloons. That was our press conference. We had big bouquets we delivered to everybody in the House. And by the end of the day, 
everyone in the state house knew about our bill. Uh, and soon everyone in the country knew about the bill to keep hearts beating. And there were a lot of people who were protesting, very disruptive. You know, they are in hearings. Um, but when little baby Lincoln, an 18-week-old baby boy, was shown up on the screen, you could hear his heart beating, and they zoomed in on the baby's heartbeat, and the room was silent. Even people who had been protesting were all captivated by that baby's heartbeat. And one of the women who was a protester, who had been disruptive just moments before, was seen wiping tears from her eyes. And that's when it hit me that this baby's heartbeat can reach even the hardest of hearts, even the protester. It can reach America, and that's what it's done. So we did a, a Barna poll. We showed that there were 7 out of 10 in America, 69%, said that if a doctor can detect the heartbeat of an unborn baby, that baby should be legally protected. So 7 out of 10 in America, 85% of Republicans. Uh, and here's the shocking thing. 55% of Democrats, polled by George Barna, a respected polling firm, said that they favored the heartbeat bill. And so it really is, you know, it was once, it was once the ceiling. They said to us it was impossible. You know, they blocked us for nearly a decade in the Senate. They said it couldn't be done. But what was once the ceiling is now the floor. With Roe now in the ash heap of history, a heartbeat bill is a minimum that we can see in states and in Congress. Janet, D. James Kennedy made such a profound impact all around the world, uh, but he impacted both of our lives. Uh, he was my spiritual mentor, spiritual father, uh, serving at the church that he founded, serving in the media ministry, and also serving as an intern in your ministry, Reclaiming America. And I know he made a profound impact in your life. Tell us a little bit about the man and the pastor and the statesman, D. James Kennedy, and his impact in your life. You know... It seems that, that today there are a few pastors that seem to get it like he did, where you had the, the gospel with evangelism expo explosion, but not ignoring the culture with what's going on and the assault against our faith. There are people who are, you know, enjoying eternity in heaven because he had the, the courage and the vision to say, no, it's not just my city. It's not just my country. It's evangelized the world. We're supposed to be discipling nations. And that's what he's doing. That's what he's done. And his legacy continues long after he's gone. As I travel the country as the pastor of the church that he founded and now leading the media ministry, people all around the country with tears in their eyes say, how come nobody's speaking the truth? How come nobody's saying the things that you all are saying? Uh, where are the pastors and, and where are the Christians right now? And uh, with tears in their eyes saying, who will stand up? Who will speak the truth in love? So uh, we need, <laughs> we, we, we need a, a new generation of D. James Kennedys that are going out into the world. We do, and you're one of them. And I thought how, how interesting, how amazing it is that he was prophetic. I mean, I don't know how he think about the prophetic today, but he actually said, maybe you'll be standing right here in this pulpit, right? Wow. And and, and he called you out. I mean, it's, it's, it's an amazing thing that there are those who are willing to stand. And this is what I know about, this is what I love about God. He is famous for working through remnants. That's his, that's his specialty, he right? He's the God of the impossible and he works through remnants. And I'm going to tell you something, there is a remnant. I remember at the big prayer meeting in Washington, the return, I was, I was among those who were there praying in our nation's capital. And you know how we always pray, every election we pray, Second Chronicles 7.14. If you humble yourself and pray and seek his face, and the part we always forget is the turn from your wicked ways. That's when we're going to see, and I, I tell people around the country, if only there was some way that we could get God to hear from heaven, you know, to forgive our sins and heal our life. If only there was some way, and we've got the checklist. On that day when I prayed, there were, at that time, there's 14 now, there were 10 states that passed heartbeat bills, and I read them off, and I made the case, I felt a little bit like Abraham, making the case to God that there was a remnant. There were 10 states that protected almost every child, every child whose heartbeat can be heard, in addition to Alabama at that time that had full protection. 
And I felt like there was a shift. There's a shift in the country that the curse of, of Roe versus Wade is broken. That curse that's been over America is broken. Uh, even if you're in a deep blue state, I tell them, introduce at least a heartbeat bill, and here's why. Just the information about the child's beating heart. We know it saved a life before it ever passed our committee, and we can't be intimidated by the giants. And that's one of the things I think Dr. Kennedy instilled in all of us is that, that you know what, we serve the God who's above it all, above the circle of the earth. We um, are, if we're tapped into him, then we can see the impossible bow to the name of Jesus. And that's what we were seeing all over the country. In fact, when I, we had the, the privilege of recruiting that, that sponsor of the Texas Heartbeat Bill, again, we saw 20,000 lives saved before Roe ever crumbled to the ground. That's a stadium full of children that were saved before Roe ever fell. I mean, and I knew that it was going to, I knew Roe was coming down when they didn't have the votes to overturn that Texas heartbeat bill. Um, and now we're seeing all over the country uh, uh, children protected. Um, and, and we've got a long way to go. Um, but but we've, uh, we've got the freedom to do it. We have no longer have the barriers and the curse that are blocking us at the Supreme Court level. Janet, with Roe being overturned, uh, the shift uh, focus goes from uh, the Supreme Court to the states. Uh, but the battle's not over. What are the implications for the church in North America in a post-Roe world? Well, uh, we also have not only a state issue, but we also have Congress. Um, while they're trying to, uh, to, to codify Roe, we actually have a, a group of well over 100 co-sponsors now, even in a minority Congress, that wants to get a heartbeat bill passed. And if that happens, then we protect 9 out of 10 children, even in dark blue California and New York and Michigan. We can see, uh, we can see the, the shift. We can stop the shedding of innocent blood across the country. The only ability you need to serve God is availability. If Francis Schaeffer put it this way, faith is not a leap in the dark. It's ceasing to call God a liar. That's good. You know what? Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. That, that, that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. We're more than conquerors. That, that, that we're supposed to occupy until it comes. If you believe that, it needs to, I want to see what impossibility are you seeing bow to the name of Jesus spoken through your lips. It's, it, it's living it. It's putting your faith to action. That's how we get America back. That's how we change the culture. That's how we can evangelize to nations, disciple oh. nations, as we're commanded to do, not just one-on-one. We think all we can do is dumb it down to one-on-one. -on -one. No, the other side is discipling nations. We need to step up. We need to grow up, stand up and speak up, and, and realize it's time for the people of God to now come into their position that Christ gave us, the authority. He gave us the power. He gave us the mission uh, to, to not only to, to uh, spread the gospel, but to teach everything that he's commanded. So glad that you wrote this book, A Heartbeat Away. We want everybody watching to buy this book written by Janet Porter, the Heartbeat Bill architect. Uh, so, so grateful that you put uh, your stories and the testimony of how God's worked in your life and your ministry in this book. So everybody watching at home, uh, I pray will be inspired, uh, be encouraged. Just practically speaking, what are a few things the, the ordinary Christian citizen at home can do starting tomorrow sure. to get engaged in the game and join this pro-life movement? It comes down to somebody needs to act like the word of God is true. They need to put their faith to action and not be afraid. I, one of the things that was beat out of me is the fear of man. That, that you know, it's, you got to get over what people think of you. Uh, Winston Churchill said that every great victory, every great success comes at the risk of enormous failure. You know what? There were a lot of years when we were passing this that just, we just kept failing because they kept blocking us. They kept blocking. They vetoed us once and then again. We introduced the bill five times. And it, it felt like a failure for a long, long time. But you know what? That's the only way you get to success is to be willing to face the failure, be, be willing to take the criticism.
Well, thank you for contending for the faith. Your family here at D. James Kennedy Ministries loves you and supports you and is behind you 100%. Thank you for being a voice for the voiceless and for rising up and standing in the gap for those that literally cannot defend themselves. Make your voice heard. What is your most important concern this year? We want to hear from you. Contact us to receive your 2023 Spiritual State of the Nation survey. There's a new Congress in Washington, and this is a chance to join your voice with thousands of other Christians to tell these new representatives what you're most concerned about. Contact us today to get your survey and let us know what you think about the spiritual state of America. My friend Janet Porter is one of the unyielding committed Christians who've devoted themselves to the protection of the unborn. And as a result, we've seen a massive positive legal change in America just this past year. Janet was directly inspired by our mutual teacher and mentor, Dr. D. James Kennedy, who exhorted Christians to stand up and get involved at a time when many shirk such involvement as worldly. Here's Dr. Kennedy, with his stirring call to action in one of the most important and impactful messages he preached called, Will the Church Forget? The question I would ask today is, will the church forget what some gave the last full measure of devotion to defend? For the principles upon which this nation was founded of liberty and not license, of godliness and piety and morality. This is what this nation was built upon. Will those things be forgotten? Alas, dear friends, I'm afraid that not only will they, will the church forget them? To a large degree, the church has already forgotten them. Don Wildman, a gentleman who has done an amazing job with the American Family Association. Some years ago, he said something which I think is more true today than when he said it. Today, he says, 4,000 innocent, precious lives of unborn children were snuffed out and 300,000 pulpits were silent. The network to make a mockery of Christians, the Christian faith and Christian values with nearly every show they air. Greed, materialism, violence, sexual immorality are standard fare. Program after program, movie after movie contains anti-Christian episodes and propaganda. News articles condescendingly refer to Christians as fundamentalist right-wing. Those who speak out for the sacredness of life are branded as extremists, and 300,000 pulpits are silent. Teenage suicide is the highest it has ever been. Christian morality cannot be taught in the schools, but Atheistic immorality can be, and 300,000 pulpits are silent. Rape has increased 700% in the last 50 years, even taking into consideration the population growth, and 300,000 pulpits are silent. Rock music 
fills the airwaves. This was even before rap that he said this. And our children's minds are filled with music which legitimizes rape, murder, forced sex, sadomasochism, adultery, satanic worship, and, and much, much more. And 300,000 pulpits are silent. We live in a time when truly the entire Western civilization is crumbling around us. Never in history has any nation so quickly abandoned both its religion and its moral principles as has America, said one historian. And 300,000 pulpits are silent. If the church doesn't speak out, who will? Growing a nation of pagans. The church has historically dealt with every kind of issue. This, this dichotomy of, of the sacred and the secular is utterly foreign to the Bible and to Christianity, but the secular world has foisted it upon us, and hundreds of thousands of pastors have accepted it as true. There is no secular and sacred for a Christian. Everything is sacred. This is my Father's world. And it doesn't matter whether you're talking about church or worship or prayer or money or finance or politics or art or science or entertainment or whatever. It is all part of God's world and it all should be done to his glory. Recently in a convention in a large room with people from all over the United States, the speaker asked this question. He said... Do your pastors speak out on the great issues of our day? And hundreds of people from churches all over the country of various denominations, not one that I saw raised his hand. Are you satisfied? about the way that your pastors are addressing the great issues of our time. Not one hand went up. And I would like to turn from this congregation to do something I've never done before. And I would like to speak directly to the thousands of ministers who are watching me right now and say to you, brethren, gentlemen, God needs men who will speak out on the great issues of the day. Martin Luther said, though we be active in the battle, if we're not fighting where the battle is the hottest, we are traitors to the cause. God grant you courage. I've asked people, why do their pastors not speak out? The answer is always the same. They are afraid. Be not afraid. Christ is with you. And I believe your people will support you. Oh, that doesn't mean all of them. I will no doubt get a card or two from some of you. 
complaining about this message. And I want you to know right now, I don't care a flip. The only thing your cards tell me is that you do not understand what the Word of God says. You don't understand what the Word of God is supposed to be accomplishing. You do not understand that you're not only to render unto God what is God's, but you're to render unto Caesar the things that are Caesar's. And you do not understand that our whole culture is going to hell in a handbasket. And most people in the churches are doing nothing about it. And most preachers are very guardedly saying nothing about it. God have mercy upon us. We are literally seeing the end of Western civilization. And woe be to that Christian who ignores the great, the tremendous issues at stake in our society and is only concerned for what is going to profit himself, what he is going to get out of it, and only votes his pocketbook. Ladies and gentlemen, we are involved in a great conflict for the soul of this nation, for the soul of the world, a struggle for goodness, a struggle for godliness, a struggle of Christ against Satan, that is the battle that we are in. Hello, I'm Jennifer Kennedy Cassidy. My father wanted to see the pulpits of America on fire with zeal for Christ. He would have been thrilled beyond words to see Roe v. Wade finally overturned this past June. But he also knew that overturning Roe would only be the beginning. The historic Dobbs decision handed the issue of abortion back to the states and to the voters. That means in order to see an end to abortion in America, we have to persuade our fellow citizens. This ministry has an important resource that will help you do exactly that. It's the book Pro-Choice or Pro-Life examining 15 pro-choice claims by Randy Alcorn, and we'll send it to you as our thanks for your generous donation. Often, pro-choicers claim, we need abortion in cases of rape or incest or risk to the mother's life, or if abortion were made illegal, women would again die from unsafe abortions. Do you know how to persuasively answer? Randy Alcorn will show you how, with truth and logic in this excellent short book, Pro-Choice or Pro-Life, examining 15 pro-choice claims. It's yours as thanks for a generous gift to the ongoing work of this ministry. With the book, we'll also send you a precious feet pin to proudly display your pro-life convictions. This pin depicts the exact size of a baby's feet at 10 weeks in the womb. It's a powerful reminder that the unborn child is a fully human person. And if you're able to give a generous donation of $40 or more, we'll send you the book, the pin, and a special DVD program, A Heart for Life, Janet Folger Porter's Courageous Battle to End Roe and Protect Unborn Children. 
Years ago, my dad appointed Janet to be the director of his Center for Reclaiming America for Christ. And since then, she has worked tirelessly in the battle to preserve life. In this special program, Janet Porter sits down for a conversation with Pastor Rob Pacienza to discuss the fight for life, the victories we've won, and what's needed going forward. That's the book, Pro-Choice or Pro-Life, examining 15 pro-choice claims by Randy Alcorn and the Precious Feet lapel pin as thanks for your generous donation. And the book and pin plus the DVD program, A Heart for Life, Janet Folger Porter's Courageous Battle to End Roe and Protect Unborn Children as thanks for your donation of $40 or more. Your donation helps this ministry to continue to do vital work. This year, we're producing documentary specials on Darwin's deadly legacy, the assault on our children and grandchildren's faith, and the harmful transgender movement, among others. We're also producing a new podcast, The City of God, as well as our weekly Truths That Transform broadcast, and so much more. So please, stand with us. Simply write to us at D. James Kennedy Ministries, Box 11154, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, 33339. Or call toll-free 877-962-7677. Or go online to djkm.org. January 22nd marks one of the darkest days in American history. It was exactly 50 years ago on January 22nd, 1973, that the Supreme Court issued its Roe v. Wade opinion, essentially legalizing abortion on demand in America. As a result, over 63 million human lives were snuffed out in their mother's wombs, a mass atrocity on an incomprehensible level. But this anniversary is different than the previous 49, because last June, the Supreme Court reversed itself and finally overruled Roe, admitting that Roe was egregiously wrong and deeply damaging. The Constitution does not confer a right to abortion. For many decades, Christians were told, often by other Christians, to give up the fight. Roe was the law of the land, we were told. And besides, Christians aren't supposed to concern ourselves so much with politics anyway. Thankfully, a number of stalwart leaders, including, very notably, Dr. D. James Kennedy, refused to give up. The kingdom of God still stands above all earthly kingdoms, and Jesus is still the king above all kings. For Christians to stand by idly while breathtaking evil is being committed and being sanctioned by the law is unthinkable. Countless numbers of lives were saved by Christians who opened and operated crisis pregnancy centers, passed laws restricting such atrocities as partial birth abortion, and opposed the work of the abortion giant Planned Parenthood wherever it tried to spread its malignant tentacles. There were 50 years of faithful opposition, even when it seemed that little ground was being made. Now, in the immediate aftermath of Roe being overturned, numerous states have put restrictions on abortion, and some have almost completely banned it. Are you concerned about evil that seem to be overtaking the world? Are you facing struggles in your own life that seem insurmountable? Let this victory be a reminder of the biblical truth. Let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. Because as Jesus said, 
in the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. I'm Pastor Rob Pacienza. Remember that if you're in Fort Lauderdale, you're always welcome to come worship with us at Coral Ridge Presbyterian Church. And you can also join us by live stream at crpc.tv. There you can also find past live streams as well as a wealth of biblical teaching. Thank you for being with us. And here's a look at the next Truths That Transform. Scripture says in Psalm 139, 13 through 16, that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. We were knit together in our mother's womb. He had a plan and a purpose for our life. That's next week. This has been a production of D. James Kennedy Ministries.